This is Going Beyond Testing. I'm Mark Allen. We're spending some time today kind of hanging out with uh, Sandra Lee. She is the CEO of NJ Labs in New Brunswick, New Jersey. We're going to talk about something I really honestly don't know anything about. Uh, microtoxins. We're going to talk about microbial testing. Uh, testing mole bacteria but let's let's do this first thing what are microtoxins so it's mycotoxins include the four alpha toxins and something else called ultratoxin these toxins if found and you consume enough of it can cause neurological diseases several different types of cancers oh and neuropathy uh, amongst other diseases too so they're very dangerous to have in your body, um, and it's actually found in plants like hemp and marijuana, oh and my. many other types of products. Wow! So, how do you test for these things? There's, as in science um, and math, I think there's different ways to get to the final answer, right? So there's different ways to do it. The most common was micro testing by microbial testing, but. We didn't think it was sensitive enough. This was so dangerous that we thought it was best to do it by LCMSMS. So we contacted multiple different manufacturers to see if they had applications. Applications are abbreviated methods, like they kind of give you information to start with, mm -hmm. but you got to work out all the details, like how do you pre prepare the standard, the sample, such things like that. And then you optimize the little details that they give you. So what we did was we combined a few different applications worked on a development and validating the method. So what we did was we would purchase these standards. Now standards are used in a lot of testing to make sure that it's what you're looking for is appropriate. We compare your sample to the standard. Um, you can never really just trust that the sample it is what it is because that's why we test it, right? Just because the label says it doesn't mean that it can always, it's not adulterated um, or contaminated by other things. So. We, t we buy these reference standards and we develop the method on LCM-SMS. Now this technology is very advanced. We have very few people who know how to use it and went through intense training um, and still continue to learn on it as well. But what we did was we take the samples, like again, we went out to the market, um, went to a sh store and bought multiple different products and we spike these mycotoxin standards, reference standards of known concentrations into the sample to see if we can see it. And if, if there's nothing in the sample, we have to have some type of reference to compare it to, right? right? So we developed this method where we do spike and recovery, and we went through a lot of ruggedness, precision, like if you did it once, second time, third time, a fourth time, all the way up to six or 12 different times, are we going to get the same results over and over again? Right, so we applied the same methods as we did for heavy metal testing for mycotoxins. Is that something that manufacturers, product developers need to be aware of? Is it common to have this, I mean, a mycotoxin, mm -hmm. that's scary. It is very scary because it, it's, it's, it could come from a lot of different places. Um, microbial testing is also just as critical. They're very small, small little bugs that can wreak havoc in your life, you know, and it could become very dangerous to even have salmonella or pseudomonas or staph in your, in your products to consume, right? And then you can get sick from it. So it's the same, same technology, same um, methodology that we apply 
as well in micro. Now micro doesn't use these expensive um, equipment, but what we do is we buy these bugs, we call them bugs. We buy the bugs and we spike the sample with it and you have to recover. The funny thing about these bugs, they don't grow the same way, right? They all have different personalities, right? So some, it's not very uniform. So we get a huge range that we have to recover. These bugs are really funny. Um, sometimes they'll grow, sometimes they won't. But that's why it's so important to have a good method that when you do test for it, it doesn't pass artificially or it doesn't fail artificially. You want to know when it passes, it truly passes, and if it fails, it really fails. I've asked this question before and subsequent in, in earlier uh, segments, other segments, and that is, can you test once and that's it? Or do you have to do that multiple times to make sure? It's always best to have more data than one set, right? So even for micro-testing, mycotoxins, no matter what we do, it's best to, and I keep talking about this, you want to artificially spike your sample with what you're looking for, these contaminants, per se, right? And then you want to be able to recover, because you want to know that Whatever you put in, you can get back. So the method is not destroying these bugs. These methods mm -hmm. are not destroying or masking these toxins. You want to get back what you put in, right? In order to know that, this, hey, this method actually works for this product to test for this particular pathogen. Um, so same thing with micro. You, you want to be able to do all this, and there's a protocol. The manufacturer should always ask a laboratory for a protocol. They should always know, even if you don't understand it, you should know what you're paying for. You should know what the laboratory is going to do to your product <laughs> and, yeah. and what you're looking for and making sure and ask questions. There are reports, there are protocols. FDA requires that any validations, verifications, or any suitability of microtesting to have a protocol. You need to dictate what you are going to do on paper and all the parties need to agree to it. When somebody comes to you, do they usually have a protocol or do they rely on you to say, look, here's what we recommend mm -hmm. you do with your product? Um, in most cases, especially supplement, nutraceuticals, or the cannabis industry, they're not going to know. So what we do is we ask them, hey, we ask questions too. You know, we need to have a lot of information in order to start this project right. versus a pharma company who's already going to know what they want. But anybody else, um, we ask them, what's your specifications? What are you actually looking for? What do you hope to gain from this study? You know, what's your target? What's your goal? And based on that, we typically work with them to write this protocol. We write it and they approve it. And if they don't understand something, they usually ask us questions and we can explain why we have to do it such a way. A couple of weeks ago, I did something uh, in, my, in my spice uh, mm -hmm. uh, closet. I have lots and lots of spices. I went through it and I found many spices, my basil, my, my uh, 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 fennel, a lot of it was just out of date. And some of this by years. I don't remember which one, I smelled it and it smelled rancid. It mm -hmm. smelled moldy. Is mold a common occurrence in some of these plant-based products such as cannabis or, uh, or CBD. Yes, because it comes from a natural environment, right? So it's highly susceptible to molt. And water activity is something that not a lot of people talk about. 
the moisture in your product affects the growth of bacteria. That makes right? sense. Okay. So if it's dry, it uh, tends not to grow. But if it's a little moist, then it may be the perfect condition. It's dark, it's moist, it's warm, and they, they like that environment, so they'll start growing. And so micro, going back to your the other question as well I forgot to answer is, you do the suitability and then you test again to make sure the mm -hmm. method that you develop was appropriate. So you check again, right? So it's right. not a one-time thing. You do it again. You repeat it after you go through that process. And same thing with mold. Like if it's becoming rancid, it's, it's breaking down. Something is breaking down. And that's very common in a natural product, right? So it's very common to find that in supplements, nutraceuticals, um, hemp-derived products because it's coming from natural plants. So that's more of a reason why people should really look into, hey, I need to get this tested, but not just testing it, but how are you going to test it? How are you going to maintain the testing documentation? How are you going to ensure that when I test it today that it's going to last and it's going to be true even seven years from today? One of the, what, when I think of mold and, and in the last, I don't know, number of years, we've heard about people with allergies to mold. I mean, there's black mold, which can be really, it can be fatal. Mm -hmm. um, what can happen? What if, if somebody ingests a moldy um, supplement of some kind, they can get sick. I mean, uh, the bodily fluids leaving the body. <laughs> it's free penicillin. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, well, hopefully you can fight it off. But if you have symptoms, Again, we're not doctors, but if you have severe symptoms, it's always best to contact your doctor. Right. Our job is to make sure it doesn't get that far. Sure. Right. But unfortunately, depending on who the manufacturers work with, what methods you use, it can bypass. It's not a, it's not a perfect system. There are some deficiencies here and there. We're not perfect either. But you can do many different things in your QMS, your quality management system, to prevent that from happening. And a laboratory who puts a lot of effort into their QMS and building it as a foundation can catch those things before it gets into the consumer's hands like you and I. Right, and everybody mm -hmm. consumer, are consumers as we've said. In fact, in our next episode, we're gonna talk about the fact that everybody is a consumer. And if you're selling a product you want your family to use, you want your customers to use it, you want it to be safe and sane. We'll find out more about that on our next episode. This is Going Beyond Testing. I'm Mark Allen, along with the CEO of NJ Labs, Sandra Lee. If you would like some information, join us on our website. It's right here on our screen right now. And by the way, if you want to come and visit us, you're welcome, right? And Please do, don't come all at once, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do a lot of, do you know if, if other labs invite people to come in or? I'm not sure. I, what we've experienced with other suppliers and people who uh, sell us their reagents and standards and such, um, we ask them, can we come and audit you? And most of the time they say yes. Most of the time they have nothing to hide and it's good for their business too, right? It's good for us if people come and see what we can do for themselves, right? right. There's only so much I can tell you. Until you see it for yourself, you're not going to believe it. And we invite clients business to business to come and see what we do because if they do well we also do well and so we just want the best for our companies and we want to find the right partnership with different companies and you don't want to find that somebody's doing testing 
in their garage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a little scary. <laughs> it, it, it is. All right. Uh, we'll see you on our next episode. Again, if you want some information, please visit us at our website, which is on the screen right now.